Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Hey, thanks for joining us again, everybody. As usual, I'm here with Sandy McKay. How are you? Hey, Rob. I am amazing and excited for this episode. Absolutely. Me too. And everybody uh, listening, go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There you can listen to all of our past episodes uh, and get in touch with all the guests, right? And we're doing something a little bit different today. We don't have a guest, which is, you know, we haven't done that in quite some time. Honestly, I think we've, I, I, I should have looked. I think it's been multiple years since we've oh, done yeah. this, actually. Um, yeah, maybe pre You know why that era. is? You know why that is. Well, we have a freaking lot of guests, and it's nice to interview people that aren't us because well, they have yeah. so many good stories. I mean, I think that that's what it is, right? Like we've just gotten so used to we 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 grill the guest, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, instead of doing that, we're going to share some stories on uh, challenges and roadblocks, and uh, what we've done to overcome them or get through them, and and some that you know you and I were discussing before this that maybe we haven't come up with solutions yet. And mm-hmm. so just share that, you know, not every time is there something that's apparent or, you know, um, that that it's like problem solved. You know, there's ongoing things that, you know, sort of are still up in the air. And these are the kind of things that we're going to talk about today. But uh, first, go over to iTunes and leave us a rating review as well. And actually get on our, uh, get on, I'm, I'm all over the place. But I think let's let's dial back. Maybe we'll uh, edit this or something if we do that anymore. I'm not really sure. But um, 
get our free gift. That's the first. I knew that's where you're going. I knew you're yeah. going that way. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna jump in and get us there, but I was like, I think, okay, I'll let you figure it out. Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely get it. I don't know gift. if I figured it out, but definitely go there. Breakthroughrapodcast.ca to get our free gift. Get on our email list. Uh, never miss out on a show or an update, and and get that ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate, which uh, which is still very relevant and. Uh, a strategy we we follow a lot of, as as Rob said, it doesn't necessarily solve everything. There's challenges that, within that that are always prevalent. But uh, go pick that up. But again, yeah, it's got lots of uh, really good information for first timers, mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on on how to not make the mistakes that maybe we made. That's it. That's it. And oh, I didn't even mention this to you. I have a I have what I think is a really good add-on to that that we're probably by the time this airs actually, it might actually be there available um, for everyone to pick up, which is just kind of an add-on to that free gift that's uh, I think is really beneficial. And it's just uh, a couple of spreadsheets around tracking your net worth and your financial freedom target. So if you come up with a number that you are looking to achieve, it gives them a bit of a path to to getting there. So I didn't even tell you tell you about that, Rob. But uh, I no, think that's we, cool. I've been thinking about adding it in because I've had it uh, sitting there for a while, and I've used it quite a bit myself. I've got clarity around that, and I think our listeners would benefit. So um, maybe if they go there now, they might find that there's a little extra bonus. That's awesome. There you go. Incentive for any of you that haven't actually picked that up yet. Um, and then go over to iTunes, and then leave us a rating and review. Do them in the in this order. You don't want to do things out of order. Yeah, uh, great review, five stars, which we always love getting. And uh, I was looking the other day; we have like in the three hundreds or something. Um, you know, there's there's so many. I was doing a, a, a kind of looking in hindsight on this show, hundreds and hundreds of reviews just on iTunes alone. There was three hundred and thirty something, I believe. Uh, we have. I actually couldn't find out the number. I was trying desperately to say that we're 3 million plus downloads. We were somewhere getting towards that range. So um, lots of, lots of listeners and, you know, we're really grateful for that. Yeah. It's been difficult to track the numbers exactly over the years just because the, you know, uh, moving servers and that kind of stuff and, and losing track of like previous downloads at certain points and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like I remember, geez, that's a great number. I mean, we're that's that's pretty impressive that we're up that high. Well, the, here's some facts uh, that I, I, I will call them facts. I think they're facts. They're um, as best of an educated guesses that I could find of our numbers over the years. Uh, and you know what? We started in 2014. In 2016, which is two years in, we had uh, we got to 75,000 downloads <clears throat> total. Uh, the first year, it was I don't even believe we got over a thousand in the first year. Okay. Second year we got to seventy five thousand. Three years beyond that, we were at uh, over a million. That's awesome. And by twenty nineteen, we we're over a million. Yeah. You know, I think that that has to do a lot with like not there not being that much for people to listen to in the first year. Obviously, right? Like, there's only yeah. I think we only did like thirteen there's, or fourteen in the first yeah, year. Yeah, we we're doing them every month or so. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting graph because it's exactly like most successful businesses that that launch anything. It's the hockey stick thing Mm -hmm. it just it starts to tick up after a few years which was it was really cool and not what we were going to talk a lot about on the show but it was uh it was interesting to just look back on that i I thought it was uh it was pretty cool just the it took some time but we stayed with it and 
it really grew. That's awesome, man. Uh, what else is new? What have you been up to? Well, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're, I guess, uh, some of the things will come out actually maybe in this show. I've been revamping some of the ways we invest. I haven't done, I haven't done barely any investing myself in, in over a year right now. Um, kind of thankfully, uh, the timing was okay for that, but <clears throat> starting to get back into it a little more and starting to work with some, some, uh, some more partners and do some more deals. So looking at, um, it's interesting. We, we did so many, uh, three and four unit renovations in Hamilton. It was, a, it was a great, there's lots of that inventory. It was a great product. And I have a couple of those properties that we've had over the years. The zonings have changed a lot. You can, you can make them legal, tri, triplexes and fourplexes. But as much as there's those opportunities now in the market, they're also like the price points have gotten a little out of whack and it's hard to, hard to make them work. Um, but there's some really cool ways to buy duplexes now actually around this area or in the Niagara region where, you know, a lot of people are doing these garden suites, uh, mm -hmm. which we've had, we've talked about on the show, I believe a couple, couple episodes. And not only that, in, a, in a, uh, um, a market like Welland, which is kind of up and coming right now, uh, and an interesting city that I'm looking at more, um, you can do that without even building a garden suite. You can actually do it in the garage in the house. So you can have a duplex with a garage attached or detached. And so you, because building a garden suite's, you know, it's like a quarter million dollars to invest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But doing it in the garage, now you're down to, you know, there are probably some plumbing things and whatnot to add on. So it's not exactly just a basement conversion, but it's kind of similar price range to, uh, you know, building out a basement unit. It's probably a little yeah. more than that, but it's... And uh, I can see if you go up, good. there's probably even more. Like, it's probably a better idea to go up on top of the garage. Yeah. There's that option too. So there's right. Welland. Welland is a, it's a unique place for that, that I haven't seen that be allowed in a lot of places yet. So um, anyways, interesting. I'm doing some deals that I haven't necessarily done before, but um, I mean, they're very similar to what I've done before. Just a little, little uh, differences that I'm excited about. So it's cool. that's very cool. That's awesome. Uh, what about, I just like, I was telling you, before we got on the the mic here recording, I just got back from the city. Which is the closest city to me, Sandy, is like five hours away. So that was quite the drive this morning already. And then I basically ran in here and got set up to do this. But every once in a while, <clears throat> every like three months or so, we've got to get over there. And, and uh, that's where the malls are. That's where like the real city is, right? And the shopping and that kind of stuff. So um, when you need... When you need more than just what you can find at like Costco, you mm. got to travel into the city every once in a while. So that's what we did. We spent like three nights there. So uh, it was nice, man. And just like the change in the weather is mm. it's like it's a lot cooler over there. Like, yeah. Is it elevated? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what the elevation is, but I mean, the weather is just not the weather. but The uh, temperature yeah. is quite cool, quite a bit cooler. So that was nice too, to be able to breathe again. And then when you come back here, it's just sweltering again. Well, so. You're lucky you're saying that on a day that's really hot here too. I can feel a bit of that, that pain. It's You can't say that stuff in like January. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, man, I, piss off I guess I'm not so. asking for sympathy, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, and, and uh, I mean, I won't discuss this as a challenge, but uh, because, I mean, it's not a huge deal, but like the project that we're working on, 
um, the, the first container house build. We've got another one in the second lot beside it that we're going to be starting soon. But the first one, the projection for, uh, for the budget looks like we're going to go over by almost 25%. Mm. So that's pretty significant. Now, we, I had had a contingency uh, for that, so we're okay. But um, it's just not the kind of thing that you want to hear. And so that's sort of affected by the uh, quote that we got and the U.S. dollar losing a lot of value over the last few months. I was right? thinking that was part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we're still going to do okay, I think. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm confident we're going to do okay still. But it's just not something that, you know, you really want to deal with. So, and you're selling uh, but that, again, right? it's, it's, not like, a, it's not a hold. Yeah, no, we're not holding yeah. it. It's, we're just going to, we built it to sell yeah. uh, this one and um, may try to hold on to the next one. But at any rate, it is, it is, we're getting close to completion on that one. I think it's probably maybe four weeks out and it'll be completed. And the interesting thing here is Sandy, when you, when you uh, sell something here, you sell it fully furnished and somewhat mm. decorated. Right. Always like, is that, that's expected? It's expected. It's not a hundred percent of the time I've seen some places and they're harder. They, they, they're a little harder to move because like, it's generally people from Canada or us or wherever coming here. And they're like, well, how am I going to deal with buying all the furniture and, and everything? So typically you're fully furnished, obviously appliances and everything. Like a lot of the time they're Airbnb ready a hundred percent. But uh, but ours isn't ours is just going to be furnished furnished and appliances. Interesting. I, I'm not surprised actually because when you look at all the a lot of the uh, uh, places for sale online and stuff, you you do get a sense that they're they're staged or that's just they come with everything in it because they always look the newer ones always look really well done. It doesn't yeah. look like staging for whatever reason. I always think it's that stuff's like just there and you get it. So yeah, I, I didn't know that 90... you do. I'm going to say probably 95% okay. are, are sold furnished. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. But I mean, uh, again, like I think at this point in the game, you know, that's the kind of thing that I, that we can foresee and make sure that we're able to, you know, manage something like that happening. Um, this would have been like, if it was early on and we're going to talk about stuff that happened early on, but it would have, it would have been devastating because I probably mm -hmm. wouldn't have been prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what we're here to talk about is more just um, I think we're going to start with, with uh, some of the, they may not seem small, but really like some of the actual smaller things that can happen uh, to people when they're starting out with uh, the whole thing, like buying properties, renovating properties, you know, having the tenants in there having JB partners, everything that, uh, that, that this investing journey sort of encompasses and some of the challenges that we've run into. Well, we this ask everyone, right? We, always, we ask basically every, every guest, we always ask them that question, right? What's the, what is your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? I feel mm -hmm. like I've, I've said that a lot over the last 10 years um, and we've had some great answers. We've also had some people that are a little bit, seem a little bit shy in answering that or, or a little bit, uh, um, I don't know. Reserved. Reserved. They, they, they went go. into protection mode, I think, right? Because people think, people tend to think that if they've had challenges, then, you know, 
then you know that people are going to get turned off for maybe investing with them or whatever. The fact is, there's no way to do this and not have some challenges. You know, no, this is impossible. <laughs> so, this I mean, that's all part of the game. What they say, I mean, that's the whole the whole thing is when you decide you're going to go into real estate investing, you take every single roadblock that's involved in it and automatically throw it in front of you. And that's what you're doing. So then the best thing that we can do is help teach people how to get around or through those roadblocks. And there's, yeah, there's so many of them. And they, they start small, like you kind of said there, they seem small or they actually seem big usually, even though right, they're small. Right, in right. hindsight, they're small. But that's kind of the growth of the evolution of your you know, career in, in real estate investing happening, right? Is the, that, that $500 issue 10 years ago uh, might have seemed massive. And now it's maybe it needs to be a $500,000 issue or $50,000 issue or something to feel the same sort of uh, weight. And, <laughs> and it's, it's funny to, to compare those. But I'm going to hope that I'm going to hope that I don't encounter that. But yes, I do know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and lots of people do, you know, I think that the, when we talk to guests, like, um, you know, like, um, for example, Russell Westcott, I remember his answer to that was, you know, he wouldn't have bought hundreds and hundreds of units that were dilapidated and run down and, and constantly needing money thrown into them and realizing, you know, even a year after, after doing like a massive, amount of purchasing all at once, right? And not slowing down and thinking about it and looking at it and then just like stepping back a year or two later and going, okay, what have we gotten ourselves into? Like that's a huge, huge mess, right? And, uh, and, you know, something thankfully that I've never done, right? Because I've always scaled pretty slowly in, in, uh, in, um, relative to what some other people have done. But I think, you know, there's advantages, disadvantages to that and no one's right or wrong, I guess, but it's different for sure. and there's different this, challenges. Yeah. And you, I see that more and more with the kind of all the information that's out there. It, it kind of does allow people to move a little faster in, in a lot of ways. Um, and it, but it also, it, encourages people to move faster because you see so many people doing big things that you know in a short period of time and we glorify the i find we glorify the 30 under 30 awards or the 40 under 40s or the whatever you know those awards they always hand out i mean maybe that's a real true thing but there's always those those type of awards that really make it they glorify over glorify in my opinion the the quick success which mm-hmm. is which is in hindsight pretty irrelevant and also uh, dangerous for people to get into that to get to get sucked into that because I, yeah. I, I'll talk about this in, in this episode for sure is this around around it's just unnecessary like what, what are you really going towards right at the end of the day are, are you are you going for that 40 under 40 award or are you going for you know financial freedom or, or some version of that is probably more more really the goal and everyone's version of that is totally different and and uh, yeah, so the world's different than it was 10 years ago in that, from that standpoint, at least. And so I see a lot more people getting roped into that and it's dangerous. Let me tell you this. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but um, uh, you know, I, like a lot of times I'll meet clients through the show, right? So they already know who you are. They know who I am. And, uh, and this one 
particular client, I remember I was out and this was, I don't know, maybe five years ago or something like that. And, uh, and he says, man, Sandy's really taken off. Eh? He's building like a, a building a huge team. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, hey, he's doing good. He's like, oh, why aren't you doing that? Like, how come you're yeah. not doing that? You know? And then, so honestly, for a minute, you kind of go, oh, man, why am I not? Like, why am I not doing that? Like, maybe right. I should be doing that. Right. And you sort of, and so it's a, it, one person's perspective automatically like sort of throws a wrench into your system and you start going, oh, maybe, maybe I should be doing that. Like, but again, it's like really important to have your goals planned out. Right. And they're not going to be the same as somebody else's. No, nor, nor, nor should they be like, why would they be? <laughs> you guys, so everyone's lives are so different. So there's <laughs> millions of variables involved in all that. And, uh, and you know, there's so many paths we can go down on that, on that, but it's, uh, it's, it's un, unrealistic to even try to go after a, an achievement or, or a group of achievements that someone else has done and try and mirror them. Like it's, it's really kind of a silly way to live life. Um, and, uh, that's a problem today in 2023. That's for sure. I mean, there's so many, so many people that are trying to just achieve what someone else says just for the sake of it, instead of getting clear on your own goals and what you're actually trying to achieve and, uh, and just doing that and being cool with it. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I think that 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 that's actually not even what we were here to talk about, but really important, mm -hmm. you know, um, because you do get caught up, like you said, the, you know, 30 under 30, 40 under 40, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, and we we are we are guilty of using those taglines in order to get people to catch on to the show sometimes. Right. Like, oh, yeah. you know, 50 units purchased in one year. That kind of that kind of headline, but and some people do it, and that's great, and it's nice to talk to those people, and they have something to share, obviously. But and we've talked to first time uh, buy, fix, uh, refinance, and or and rent, you know, people as well, and those stories are great. I can think of uh, you mentioned Russell Westcott. I'm pretty sure he really maybe not re regretted, but had some. He would have done it differently, and then he he. I think he bought 50 plus homes in a year at one point. Right. Right. Um, that was probably his, yeah, that was probably his, uh, show tagline. Yeah. Jared, uh, hope I think similar. Mm -hmm. I want to say I had a similar story to that and, uh, and wouldn't have done it the same way, uh, if you were to do it all over again. So there's lots of those stories. Many of those people that get, you know, a little bit of uh, glory around that or fame or some sort of, of, you know, some sort of feelings around that. It's often really not, what it's made out to be that's for sure which is the same as you know being a celebrity in any form of life i mean a lot of it is highly highly overrated mm -hmm. and i've also seen a lot of people in the circles that uh that um you know maybe don't have all that much experience and they're sharing all and they're 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 really acting like they do right I've, you know that is very common, yeah. you know yeah. uh at any rate I think one of the, you know, and this is interesting because this involves both of us. Um, the first challenge that I was going to talk about, and that was like um, just renovation challenges, right? Like um, this is the, the I'm going to say the, the, the first real renovation that I ever did. I actually did a flip before that and, uh, and I renovated a four bedroom into a five bedroom student rental. But this was like the first 
real basement suite that we took, you know, just a basement with nothing. Uh, Sandy, you and I. Yeah. And Power we, of sale. what's that? Power of sale. That one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was $222,000. Yeah. But anyway, back in the day. Um, and then we added the basement suite. But what, what we found uh, sort of partway through the renovation was a foundation leak, right? With a block foundation. So we couldn't pinpoint it. And so the solution was we got to wrap the house, right? We chose to do one side because at this point, like not really having any experience, we were using other people's money. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it cost, if I remember right, I think it cost under five grand. I think it was, was like 4,000 change. Yeah. And I was just devastated. I couldn't sleep at night, you know, just, just thinking, you know, how did we not catch this? How is this going to go over? This is a disaster, you know, just like really thinking almost we should just give up. (laughs) I remember I called Quentin D'Souza and, uh, and he really talked me off the ledge because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I think my life is over. (laughs) Right. And him just saying, you know, relax. These kind of things happen. It's going to be okay. You know? And, uh, but that was one of the first things. And then we wrapped the side of the house and like, you know, and when you look back on it, like a year later, it it was an amazing um, investment. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was fairly minor. Yeah. Right. That same house, we had a kitchen fire. I was going to say that too. There's a fire in there. I want to say there was um, vermiculite in the attic, uh, possibly. Do you remember that? Uh, Was there an attic? I don't remember that. Was there an attic no. there? Maybe there was no attic. Maybe I'm thinking about something. Yeah, there's attics in almost all those houses. Okay, I, I think there was. Maybe we didn't do anything about it. Maybe we, maybe it didn't need to be um, uh, remediated. But I think there was some version of that that there was also. I, I'm sure there was other things too. There was there's lots of these sorts of things in every renovation that come up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I think like you know they used to do the stupidest things like they would wrap um, the duct uh outlets with um like insulation right right that had um that had um uh uh asbestos asbestos in it yeah right and so like where if you put on a mask okay they're they're like they're like an inch uh thick and they're just wrapped around the top of it yeah there's nothing but you're supposed to go and get somebody to remediate it. it costs like thousands of dollars for them to come in with their hazmat suit and yeah. dispose of it properly. Um, you know, but I've run into stuff like that in houses as well. And for the most part, when you run into things like that, like drywall, um, you know, with the same issue that if you leave it, you don't disturb it. There's no problem. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that was the first kind of like and renovate. Like, so we're talking about renovation challenges. And like, I think that the big thing is the lesson learned there, at least down the line, is that, you know, I think as far as things like this go, the renovation stuff, unless it's like really like unless the house blows over or something like that and you don't have any insurance for some reason. The, these renovation issues and, and going over budget, like I was talking about with the other house that we're doing here, those kind of things are relatively small. 
there is ways around and through them. And at the time they look bad. Do you have any stories like that? Uh, I've, I've one uh, contractor story. That's fun, not fun, but fun uh, to tell. And uh, you know, another thing that comes up that I have a few of that, uh, that came up uh, a bunch in, um, in some properties is because Hamilton's old, an old city and you got old, old city piping and stuff throughout. We came up with a lot of, um, you know, finding it after we purchased it already was, uh, sewer backups, um, lead, uh, lead piping, um, things that, uh, uh, we found, um, in the, in the drain system, uh, you know, roots and stuff growing around the, oh, yeah. in yeah. or you know, shattered piping and all that, that knob and tube electrical, knob and tube electrical, lots of that. Um, the plumbing ones have been some pretty annoying issues because sometimes they, they, you can't fix them for months because you're waiting on something like on the city end to get fixed. And those have really added to extended time periods, which in a renovation is money. And those are really annoying and painful and talking with a partner or anyone around that, if you have partners involved in it, you know, often partners we've worked with are not expert real estate people so they're they're hearing these and like what the heck you don't know yeah you know you're having to come well, up with some version of it not an excuse but just explain it to them in a way that, that makes sense and you know a lot of that I, I learned to just set those expectations up front about how many issues are going to come up even though the property looks thing. perfect yeah mm -hmm. there's going to be something that comes up out of nowhere that we never expected and it's going to probably cost us thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars and that's the uh, you know, why you have a contingency like you alluded to before. And you you can't not have a contingency on a renovation project. Like you, you are going to need it very, very, very likely. 99% of the time, you're going to need at least part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I found, uh, I found we very rarely, very rarely, although the odd time, once we started setting expectations better, but rarely have we come in under budget. Honestly, like you can budget all you want. And usually it's that contingency part that gets eaten up a little bit, which is okay if you have the right expectations for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, early on, early on, I, I remember another one of my renovation projects with partners. Um, and we'll talk about, <clears throat> I think the other thing to do is be, um, you know, very choosy with the partners that you take on and whether or not they're a good fit um, just because someone has money and you need money, it might not be right. You really got to, I think JV relations is something that we're going to talk about. But again, like, see, being new and not being prepared when someone comes at you and there's a, and, and this is the, this is one of the ones where we had a contractor issue and the contractor um, essentially overcharged and, 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 and under delivered. And of course, there was this, this same contractor when we had the uh, inspector come through from the city, he just added a bunch of stuff that wasn't on the inspector's list of things that needed to be done. And they said here, like, here's how much it's going to cost. These are the things that the inspector wanted to do. And we ended up finding out that he was lying to us. Right. <clears throat> and there was a lot of those things that weren't required to be done. Um, <clears throat> and so then it leads you to having to fire contractors and all the stuff around that. But um, the point that I was trying to get to with this, uh, man, this, the, yeah, we can go to every angle with this story, but um, was I had to go to the JV partners and say like, yeah, you know, this guy's has already scammed us out of some money. 
you know, for things that weren't necessary and, uh, and was trying to do it some more, more also over budget and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and that was not taken well by those partners. I, I remember I was pretty humiliated. Like I got, they came down on me pretty good. And it was just like, how do you not have any idea what you're talking about? You clearly have no idea what you're talking about. You haven't from the start, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, and that was like, I, I've honestly never been through that before or after, um, a special case and, uh, and got out of that partnership. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but, um, you know, these things are very difficult and they can get you down, uh, morally, you know, your morale can go down quite, quite a bit through something like that. So I think too, it's important to look at, uh, the value that you're bringing, you know, to the table, because <clears throat> when I look back on that, I like, okay, so we ended up selling that house and making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And my little mistake was nothing. Right. And, and I know that that doesn't always happen, but I think that when you put things like that into perspective, if you hold, if you're, if you're doing a long-term hold in most cases, things are going to work out. Okay. The long-term hold. Absolutely. Right. I think that's where a lot of the issues are, are mitigated by that, that, that mentality going in the, the flips and stuff are where you can really lose, you know, lose your, uh, lose your shirt because they're the, uh, the I've had a flip go wrong <clears throat> and my exit strategy, like by wrong, I mean, it, the renovation went fairly wrong and, mm-hmm. and it was uh, 2017, early 2017. And the timing was also pretty bad because it was in a hot market when we bought it, the market dipped like, I th- I'd say 10 to 15% in that time mm-hmm. um, in the matter of a, a month or two. And so it was overnight. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. even, so it wasn't even, it was the, I believe it was April 1st. Was it not? It was April. It was April. No. It was almost, it was almost right on uh be six years ago now. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> our exit strategy was we had to hold it longer, which yeah. wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't the end of the world. Uh, we rented it out and, uh, for, I think, well, I want to say for about a year, we, we were losing a little bit of money on the, on the rent, like, like a hundred dollars or less a month. Um, and then, uh, after a year or so the tenants turned over and we end up, you know, we're, we're making a couple hundred bucks a month and I don't own that property anymore, but we sold it, uh, in, inside the family, basically we sold it. And so in a sense, we still kind of own it. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. Let's just say that it was an okay yeah. scenario at the end of the day. And I was reading a quote uh, earlier today that, that kind of reminds me, it's, this is reminding me of that is just that um, <clears throat> it's a Robert Frost quote. He says, I, I can sum up everything I've learned about life in three words. He says, it goes on. So, I mean, all this crap you deal with, you can do, you can, you choose to go, you know, in the corner and hide and run away from it. Or, I mean, you just, you head on, kind of go through it and it, life goes on either way. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta choose if you want to be kind of excited about what's to come or you want to just like sit and sulk about it all the time. I mean, uh, these challenges come up regardless. And 
I had, do you want to comment on that? I had one more good contractor story. There. No, go ahead. I was actually, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay. I have one more. Uh, so the, thankfully my, my really toughest contractor situation was not involving JVs. Uh, and because this one is tough and we had uh, a contractor we were working with <clears throat> who we had worked with uh, on two projects before this one. So this is not a like, you know, random contractor that just came up from Kijiji or something. This is a guy that we've had worked with a couple of times, done two successful projects with other people's money in uh, JVs on rental properties. And um, <clears throat> Kate and I, we bought a property to flip. Originally it was to flip. Uh, it turned into a plan of being our personal house. So we actually decided early on in the renovation there that we, we, weren't in love with the house we were in. It was this was not too far away, both in uh in the downtown core of Hamilton. We decided that we we liked it quite a bit and we were gonna do it really nice. And we we're like, let's just move into this thing. It was we we bought it at a it was a really good price and we said let's let's move in here. We'll plan to renovate it a little nicer than we were even thinking originally. And we'll do it to move in, which made us do a bunch of different renovations and uh we laid it out a little differently and, and all that and opened it up a little more and um, it turned the renovation from like a, a about a hundred thousand dollar renovation into closer to the, well, what should have been closer to the about $150,000 renovation range. And uh, we worked, so we hired this contractor. We, we gave him um, 30% of the contract up front and in, in mm -hmm. cash. Mm -hmm. um and which, that was for materials right because everyone they got to cover materials. they always have a, yeah 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 it, it was more than what they needed it was uh -huh. in, hind, in hindsight we would have given them less and that, yeah that kind of that kind of tells you where the story is going but we had we we, we gave about 30 percent of front so about 50 grand in uh in, in in money to go get what he needed to get started and they started and again, contractor we've worked with before. There's no need reason to not trust them and everything. And about three three weeks in or so, they had demoed everything. Pretty substantial demo, like really substantial. Knocking out walls, um, had to uh, get rid like new joists and stuff were going in. Lots of different, not like not major structural issues, but but some structural things. Um, all the electrical was out of there. A whole bunch of stuff. And he came to us a few weeks in and actually he didn't come to us first. One of his staff did. One of his guys came and said, Hey, I haven't been paid in a couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> I don't know if something's, something's going wrong with this guy. I don't know. Are you, are you guys aware? Like, do you know what's happening? And we're like, that's weird. We haven't heard from him in a, in a bit. And it's unlike him. I don't know. I'm not sure what's happening. Anyways, we and then he started disappearing, of course, and his employees were still around, but he was like disappearing. And so it wasn't just us. It was his, his staff and stuff. And we were all like, this guy's, is he running away from us? What the hell's going on? Uh, anyways, he disappeared for a while, multiple weeks, maybe months. And we got a letter uh, not too long after that um, from, I forget where these letters come from, but it was a letter basically stating that he was going bankrupt. And the, it was all, when you go bankrupt, Every everyone who is owed money uh, from that person gets gets a notice saying all the all the people that are involved in that and who's owed, owed what and all that and it all gets disclosed. So 
got that whole report and we looked through all the different people who were on there of what's owed and he owed a lot of money. Um, more than like, we were not his first priority. That's for sure. And so read it through that. We're like, okay, we have, we're 50 grand out of pocket. First of all, I got to basically figure that's just disappeared. He did about 10 to maybe 10 grand worth of work. Uh, but like bought a bunch of stuff that we probably were never going to see materials. Mm-hmm. Well, he probably never bought the materials. Um, we ended up talking with him like a month or two later and he was really, I guess I got to give him some respect for even calling us and wanting to talk about this, but he came and said, you know, I have a really bit, bit I have an issue. Um, I have a, like the drug issue basically. And it was kind of surprising. He didn't, wouldn't have thought it, but he had some sort of drug issue. He spent all his money on, on that. He tried to gamble to make it back, lost more. And all that spiraled into this big debts and he had no money and he felt really bad about it. I got, I, like I said, I'll give him credit to even talking about to us about it, but he then disappeared again and we never heard from him and still haven't heard from him to this day. But that project ended up costing us instead of one fifty, was close to like two fifty because we had to hire someone new. They had to go buy all that material again. They had to fix mm-hmm. some things that were not necessarily done right when he was demoing it the first time. Um, it was, it was a lot longer time-wise because now we had to restart and that caused a whole bunch of, of issues. And we had to come up with money from nowhere. Like we didn't have, we didn't have all that, that amount of money sitting aside and have an extra like 50 or hundred grand sitting there. And so we had to figure that out, which was more delays. Uh, we ended up moving in there early because we, ha- we sold our other house to uh, get some of that money faster. We kind of expedited that part. And so we ended up moving into our, that house there was no countertops. There was a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff missing. We had, to, we had a cat and a dog at the time. Uh, and they were running around in a dusty house and everything. It was it was interesting. Uh, it was harder being the fact that it was our personal house. And we could have probably moved into you know a rental somewhere. But we were not financially like flush with cash. So it was a, not an easy time to do all that. Mm-hmm. So we made do with what we could. <laughs> and uh, that is... That was my most painful renovation and uh, and contractor situation for a lot of reasons. Like it was not a rental, so it made it really tough. But mm-hmm. um, and we ended up living in that house for six years. And overall, in the grand scheme of things, there was a few months at the start that were that sucked. And we still own that house. Actually, we 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 moved from there, but we rented out. And. Uh, I've used that house as collateral on other properties to, to buy other properties. I've we've refinanced it. We've used the home equity lines of credit on it. We've, we've had some good like personal times there. Um, it was, it was a really crappy experience. That's also paved the way to a lot of other cool things afterwards. So uh-huh. in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it's been a great house and that situation I learned so much from that. I got to say, I'm actually kind of grateful to have gone through it. It took a little while to get there, but, uh, is there any chance, like, is there still some kind of, um, uh, is there any chance of you getting any of that money? No, no. Well, I could, I shouldn't say there's no chance. I suppose he could show up one day and say, Hey, I really feel bad. (laughs) Um, and I just came into a million dollars of cash. I figured I'd come pay you back. (laughs) Maybe, maybe maybe that could happen. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. No, that, I mean, and, probably at the time, you know, you can look back at it now and it's one thing. Cause like you said, you know, it goes on, you're not going to stop yeah. it. So, um, 
but at the time, it's painful, very painful. Um, I guess, yeah. what what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned? Well, the, the the thing that surprised me the most was because we had worked with him before, right? That's I, I hear stories like that, and often it's like someone random they just connected with and said, "Yeah, well, I'm gonna start it. I need fifty grand. Let's start," <clears throat> and then they disappear. Right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that we I didn't feel like we screwed up necessarily that we should have like vetted him more. I think we kind of had already done that. Right. Um, it was just kind of a, a weird thing that kind of I felt a little bit like it was unlucky, which I think is something if I were to take a real lesson from that. <clears throat> um, first of all, we shouldn't have given him that much money. We should have been a little more uh, detailed on what he was using the money for and, and what he really needed it for. Now, usually I would only give him just materials. Definitely no, uh, like there's no reason to give anyone upfront pay of labor. Yeah. Um, so 30% of the project was not detailed enough around what he really needed. Like we should have gotten into more detail. What do you actually need for the first couple of weeks of work? Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a good specific thing. But also the bigger picture one is like, there are things that happen that are unlucky and, and lucky. Being like, just because you got a big win doesn't necessarily mean you did everything right. It could have been a big stroke of luck. But just because you had a big loss also doesn't mean you did everything poorly. It could just could just be a stroke of unluck, unluckiness that happened at you know wrong timing, wrong. You could do the exact same thing in a different scenario or a different time and have the total opposite outcome. So it gave me some good awareness around that that there yeah. is a lot of luck and unluck involved in life, and um, that's a factor. Yeah, I tend to think that uh, things end up the way that they are for a reason, mm -hmm. and. The majority of the time, I don't know what the other outcome was necessarily, but the majority of the time, the outcome that I got ultimately was better. Even if it sucks at the, at the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 I will say that. Um, what about firing contractors? Have you had to do that much? I would like to fire that one. <laughs> if we could go look back on it. <clears throat> you probably still uh, wouldn't have got the money back. We had... You remind me of a, it's funny now again, but it wasn't funny at the time. We uh, uh, contracted that we fired very, very quickly. And it was not me that fired him. It was my wife. Uh, as we fired a contractor, not because they did bad work necessarily, but they, our dog went missing and there was a contractor left the door open because we told them, and we told them, you can't leave the door open. The dog will run out. And the, it was, there's a new house. We we're moving into this one too, actually. And our, uh, the fence wasn't totally up around the back. So the dog didn't know where, where she was. It was a new place and she mm -hmm. ran away. <clears throat> so that happened and we went searching for a day and a half uh around the neighborhood and couldn't find the dog and kate's like this you're fired <laughs> you ruined my life the dog's gone and we found the dog it was in one of our like a, a faraway neighbor's house oh and, but it was a, it was yeah. a shitty 24 to 48 hours like it sucked <clears throat> yeah we fired that guy yeah i mean i've probably had to fire i'm gonna say between five and eight contractors, probably that I can think of. So I'm going to say closer to eight anyways, mm. like, you know, and for various things, um, you know, and I've done the same thing. I've given uh, at two people who I haven't vetted, given mm. deposits, and then thank you. They don't show up for work. So I've made that mistake too. Uh, but again, something you learn from. Right. So now I know, especially like, uh, for example, here, when I got here, 
Um, I had somebody who was highly recommended and I don't, again, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I was buying all the materials myself and all they were doing was labor for tiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they wanted 50% up front. Right. And like of labor and material basically. Yeah. But I was buying the material. They weren't buying all they had to do is come and put it down. So, you know, so they want 50% because of, of the labor. past 50% of the labor. They, there's absolutely zero incentive to show up. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I said no and, you know, and fired them uh, basically because that wasn't part of the deal at first. Right. Mm. Then anyway, so, you know, learn from these kind of things. And I mean, if they're not willing to work with that model, I mean, there's other, con- <clears throat> there's a lot of contractors out there, right. first of all, and do n- do not like, give deposits on labor. Ever. Yeah, there's no need. only material cost. No yeah, most most contractors, even if it, even if it's not how they like to do it, even if they do do it normally that other way, um, if they work, if they'll work with you on that model, if they're if they're confident in their job and their their work, right? So yeah, I mean, I've had other contractors I fired because uh, at least three times a day they would all go to Home Depot to get materials. And, you know, you show up there and like three times a day, they're gone Mm -hmm. to get materials. All of them, you know, when I say all of them, it's like three guys, but you don't need three guys to go get materials, right? Two of you stay here and work and one of you can go, especially when, you know, it probably takes at least an hour each time, you know, three times a day. Uh, So things like that as well. Well, that contractors are one of the most challenging parts of this business and certainly one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of people, if you've, if you've worked through a lot of projects, it is very valuable, the knowledge you gain in that, the insight, perspective on all these situations, because that's what I, that's what I, a lot of my challenges that I've had are just lack of, you know, experience or lack of uh, enough insight, like from other times like that that i just mm-hmm. didn't know what i didn't know and mm-hmm. and so the going through those is the value in it is you learn it so that you, now going forward you you will not make those mistakes again the other thing too i think sandy through everything you went through and everything that you know i've talked about here today um we had a we had a network of people that had all already went through something very similar and we could lean on them or talk to them and and get that perspective of it goes on right from them and and really that's important so i have one quick one around that that i that i that i my network helped me not help me with this situation because it never got solved i lost in it in a way <clears throat> well i didn't lose i'll tell you why in a sec but uh it helped me solve it going forward because uh one situation i had which was a, an investor project which was something we there's a property we were buying together with this partner would be partner and they were going on title um, everything was in their name. <clears throat> we had already done all the work to find the deal, uh, off-market deal. Um, we had negotiated the deal, all that stuff. It was like a two or three months closing. We we set them up with our mortgage partner. We did all the all this all the typical stuff. And like the week before closing, they say, "Yeah, I, I'm actually just going to do this one myself. I don't think I need you guys. Um, see you later." <laughs> we had a we had we had a JV contract already signed, and at the time, I, 
we could have kept going with it. Like, like this, the, the, the options at that time were, you know, try and sue them, uh, try and like force the, to work together on the deal or like let them just go. And the first two really aren't very good solutions at the end of the day. Like, do I really want to work with this person? No, not, not after once they try and pull that, it's pretty much a, you know, it's dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, do we want to sue them? I mean, it's like the real, you know, any, any sort of real estate deal when you're trying to sue the other person, like it's going to last months and months, if not years to figure it out. Um, didn't feel like it was worth it. And yeah, so what we did, what we did is we just let them go, uh, which, right. which taught us a good lesson though, because, you know, I asked a few people after that, I said, have you ever had this happen? And like a couple of people that I talked to, like, yeah, I've had that happen too, actually. Um, I can rem I can recall a couple of people telling me that as well. Yeah. And like this is what we do now instead. <clears throat> what we hadn't done is we hadn't we hadn't taken any sort of deposit from them or anything. So what we started to do after that is we would take it and not uh, we would take a refundable deposit up front when we started to work with a JV partner, and it was refundable if we didn't find the right property in in six months, or they decided just not to work with us. But the, the second that we had a deal under contract uh together it became non-refundable <clears throat> and so we still held it we what we used to do and we did this at the time too is we actually we had a similar thing like that but we would use that as a deposit on the property <clears throat> so if they give us 10 grand or something that 10 grand would go into the property and you know even then that just didn't, didn't necessarily solve it because it was in their name right and yeah <clears throat> so instead we started now just that is a non-refund it's it becomes non-refundable when we when we have the purchase and sale agreement uh, pending on closing of the sale together and we'll start working together, it, it ends up getting paid back to them. So you can do it in different ways. You can pay it back to them right away. You can, you can hold onto it for the duration of the renovation maybe and pay it back to them along with the, um, with the uh, uh, refinance money or, you know, it depends, but ultimately it just ensures that there's, there's at least a amount of money there that, they're missing out on if they wanted to pull that. Yeah. Deal. They could still do that and still screw it, but yeah. at least we have something to, to show for it. Yeah. See, I know, I know that, that what those people did is very short sighted because ultimately if they had a stuck with you guys, right? Like, okay, first of all, how did they justify the fact that you found the property, right? You like, and, and that there's like, you know, people don't put an, enough value into that kind of thing. We used to wholesale, both of us. We know the value in finding a good deal, right? And the right kind of property. So um, how did they justify the fact that you guys found the property, uh, had lined everything up, and they essentially stole it from you? Yeah. I don't know how they just, I don't know how they justified it in their head. Uh, how, what they were saying was is that we were the realtors anyways that's what our job was to do and they're like okay well i mean somewhat yes but like it's not it, 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 i would i actually should have probably maybe given it to someone else or i could have done a whole variety of different things with yeah, that yeah, deal. yeah but at I that point I, when it's under contract it's in their name like you said there's not a whole heck yeah. of a lot you can do even with that uh even with the jv agreement i guess um yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know but see like they're now essentially they've cut themselves off from any future deals that you could have brought them like that's wealth that they could have built 
you know? They got one, they got, like, I'm never going to do anything with them, let alone JVs. I'm not going to help them connect them with anybody. I'm not going to help be the realtor or anything. Like, there's so many things yeah. that I, I would not, I'm not going right. to spend any time with that person anymore. <clears throat> um, and they did it for the sake of, you know, I want 100% of this rather than 50. I mean, it was a, it was a duplex in Hamilton. I mean, it's not, it's not a small amount of money, but I mean, they're doing that over, I don't know what it would have been 50 grand, maybe a value, like in that, in that initially, maybe there was more to be made on it, but I mean, that's, it's really, really short-sighted ultimately because 50 grand in, in a one deal <clears throat> versus, you know, possibly hundreds of thousands of millions that we could have done together over, over a longer period of time. Um, very yeah, exactly. That's, that was 100% the point. I think that things like that are very short-sighted. Like um, I'm thinking of one wholesale deal that I did. And when it came down to it, the, the, the people came to me and said, you know, you're charging whatever amount for this wholesale deal. We don't really think you deserve it. Right. We're not going to pay you it. Like, you know, there's nothing I can do at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because of the way that we had structured it, at, like on that one, I think it was the second or third one I ever did. Um, but, uh, but, you know, so I, I don't want to go into details around that, but ultimately um, one of them, you know, it was one, okay, there's two people. So one of them was saying, we don't want to pay. You didn't really do anything. You didn't with this. Uh, it was off market too. I don't know how you could say that when something's off market, yeah, but anyway, exactly. <laughs> and the other, the other one felt really bad and ended up um, helping me and giving me something that was exponentially more helpful than, than whatever that money uh, amount was, hmm. you know? Um, but one of the, one of the things that I, that I did not do was when they came and told me that, you know, they, they didn't want to pay me. Uh, I was, you know, really upset. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing that I wanted to do was call and give them a piece of my mind. Right. But I didn't do that. I sat and like thought about it. You know, I didn't, I really took some time. This is one of the first times that I ever did this. And I think it's one of the most important things <laughs> that I've ever learned is to sit back think about where they're coming from, think about why they might be doing that, give it a day or two. And in that time that the other thing happened, you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. All right. So it happened that fast that you got even more value out of it. Ultimately. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know I'm being cryptic with that one, but mm. it's a little too personal to go into. So, but it definitely paid me back exponentially, you know, more than the money ever would have. A lot of these challenges, the hardest thing in these is to maintain your emotions. One of the hardest things for sure, maintain your, or not maintain, like keep your emotions in check, I guess, yeah. through those challenging situations. Because I've had probably not in that short of time period, a lot of them, but a lot of times over, you know, the matter of weeks or months, if you've trained your brain well enough around this to look for the positives and things, which is, you know, I'm not trying to be overly like, like, uh, and not ever there's always challenges you, you can get emotional if you want to at times like sometimes that's healthy but but if you find the positive things there's always a point where you will look back and go that was you know 
I'm, I'm really happy about that because of whatever else it led you to that is even better mm -hmm. and, and, and more, uh, you know, more awesome. And that's why, you know, as much as you can, I think, I think it's really important to, um, uh, you don't have to do this directly to the person in some way, shape or form, you know, just say thank you to, to that scenario. It's a, it's a actually, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it is worthy of that. a lot of times. It's actually beneficial to help you get past it. Is to actually just talk to the person, and say, hey, you know, thanks for uh, screwing me over there. Really helped me <laughs> get to so and so in life. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so that's what I like to do. That, I like that's to try and find passive a way aggressiveness, to, Sandy. A little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, look, uh, we had a whole bunch more stuff to talk uh, to talk about, but I think we should leave it at that note right there and come back and do this again. Agree. There was there's lots in there. We almost covered an hour, and uh, we didn't get to. We'll do this one next time. Then we'll do this another time. We'll talk about tenants and uh, yeah, some of the fun stuff. Yeah, some of the fun of that, which uh, is the other probably most exciting and interesting part of. And again, it's all about keeping your emotions in check and understanding where other people are coming from and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So we've got a lot of challenges around that. I know you mm -hmm. do too. So. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to cover that and, and a little more JV stuff. Uh, and, and like, obviously, the overarching uh, theme, I guess, of all of this is really mindset, right? Definitely. Like if you, you could give up on any one of these issues that we've run into. So the challenge is also sticking with it, you know, up here, right? And wanting to continue on. And and actually deciding to find a way through it. Decide if I get you know resourcefulness plays a part in that. Um, the stick to itness and uh, grit and I think expectations too. Expecting that this stuff has happened is going to happen because it is. Yeah, there's no, it's not not going to happen. Like anything that's somewhat substantial in life that to work towards is going to have a pile of these uh, challenges, and you the more you expect them to happen you're less surprised when they do and you're less emotional and you just kind of keep going. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the other thing too is uh, work life balance too. We got to talk about that as well. So I know that there's times that I've fallen off on that and, uh, but anyway, and then we're going to get into again. all that good stuff. We'll do another show just like this. Sounds good. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, best way is, Anywhere on social media, I'm pretty active right now all around all those channels. So uh, easily find me on, on most of those channels, which is it's Sandy McKay uh, at it's Sandy McKay, or they can email me Sandy at freedomreps.com. Okay. Awesome. And People you can reach me at Rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. It's the best way. Thanks guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to get back into this another time and we'll see you then. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.